In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Tonight begins the Sacred Triduum, the greatest feast days of the Church's year. And these three great feast days of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday make present and celebrate the central mystery of our Christian faith. Beyond Christmas, beyond any other feast day, these days take precedence. For we are saved by our Lord's cross and resurrection. The cross and resurrection of our Lord have made us free. Our sins are taken away. We are united to the body of Christ, made sons and daughters of the Most High God by adoption. The gates of heaven are opened for us, and the power of the three great ancient enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil, is forever broken. This central mystery is made present in each and every sacrament in a different way, in a different mode, but made present through baptism, through confession, through confirmation, in marriage, but most especially it is made present in the Holy Eucharist. So as the Second Vatican Council taught, the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. At all Masses, whether it be this Mass of the Lord's Supper or an average ordinary Sunday Mass, if there even really is such a thing as an average ordinary Mass, we stand at the cross and we are given the chance to share in that sacrifice by receiving Holy Communion, by receiving the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord. Now the primary reality of the Old Covenant, which we heard about in our first reading, is the Exodus, when God with his mighty hand, through his minister Moses, afflicted the Egyptians with ten plagues so that Pharaoh would let his people go. And he brought them dry-shod through the Red Sea into the Promised Land and made them his chosen people. This reality of the Exodus was made present at each Passover supper that was offered in remembrance of this great Passover. And this Passover and this Passover supper foretold and foreshadowed the greater Passover, which is the death and resurrection of our Lord. It pointed forward toward it, and it laid the foundations for it.
So much so that some 2,000 years ago, at that very last Passover, which our Lord celebrated with his disciples, our Lord established upon this reality of the Passover supper a new and greater memorial. A memorial which would not just be yearly, but would be every time the holy sacrifice of the Mass is offered. Whether it be on Easter or Christmas or that elusive, average, ordinary Sunday Mass. Our Lord took the unleavened bread of the Passover Seder and said, Take it. This is my body that is for you. He took the cup of wine, grape wine, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, and we were charged, his disciples, which we are his disciples, we were charged to do, to do this in memory of him. And that very night, by charging the disciples who were present with doing this, he established in the persons of the twelve apostles the fullness of the priesthood of the new covenant. So tonight, this day, was established not only the Holy Eucharist, but the Holy Priesthood, which makes it possible. Because it is truly the body and blood, soul and divinity of the Lord, we may partake in the sacrifice. We are not just spectators, but we participate in the sacrifice. It enters into us, and we are given the grace to fulfill the commandment of the Lord to love God and our neighbor. Our bishops are quite concerned. Why are they concerned? Because so few, how few, of those who claim the name Catholic attend Mass. How few of those who claim the name Catholic when are, they are questioned about it say that they believe that it is truly the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord. And they have a right to be concerned. This church should be full tonight should be standing room only. Not that I am ungrateful to those of you who are here, but there should be more. Because if we truly believe that it is the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord, how could we be anywhere else? So many people only come to Mass occasionally or just out of habit. And the COVID thing broke so many habits. 
And so our bishops are calling us to truly believe and to reflect in action and life our belief in the Holy Eucharist. They call it the Eucharistic Revival. That's why we've had these reflections after Mass throughout the last few months. That's why we're going to have a diocesan-wide gathering in July. That is why we will have various things here in the parish to rekindle that flame of Eucharistic amazement, that great belief, that certain knowledge that the Eucharist is the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord. It comes down to the fact that we must believe and not just simply believe but live out that belief let that belief transform our lives so this night when we commemorate the establishment of the sacrament by our Lord while he was here on earth deliberately we would do well to reflect upon how we prepare How do we prepare for Mass? How do we prepare to receive the Holy Eucharist? We are called to fast for an hour before receiving Holy Communion. You can do that standing on your head. Many of you remember the old days when it was from midnight on with no water. Then they shrunk it to three hours. They should have left it there. Now it's just one hour. You can do that easily. We should pray before we come, Mass begins. No one was ever struck dead by coming to Mass a few minutes early to prepare their minds and hearts to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. And we need to repent of our sins to truly be prepared for Mass. Because If we are guilty of a mortal sin, there is no reason on earth that we should approach the sacred Eucharist until we have made a good confession and received absolution. We should reflect upon whether we receive well and piously the Holy Eucharist. We need to be reverent within this place. My sons and daughters in Christ, where is the social hall? It's downstairs. This is the church. Here we should be silent. Here we should be focused upon our Lord enthroned in the tabernacle. When we come forward to receive Holy Communion, we are receiving the greatest thing ever. The norm in the Latin rite of the Catholic Church is to receive Holy Communion on the tongue. That, in the wisdom of Holy Mother Church, is the best way. But, as you know, in our country we have an indult to be able to receive it on the hand. However you receive it, receive it reverently. Both hands. Don't take the Eucharist back to your seat. Receive it immediately 
after receiving it. And we need to remember that we receive Jesus whole and entire, body and blood, soul and divinity, under either species. So while we are not receiving under both species, we are not somehow receiving less of Jesus. But the same of him, we receive him fully. And of equal importance is what we do once we leave this place. Because if we truly believe that we receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of the Lord, we will be different people when we leave this place and when we go out into the world taking the grace of Jesus with us. What was our Lord's command? Do this in remembrance of me. Let us indeed do this in remembrance of him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.